The following podcast has been paid for by the Drew World Order. Yo, hey, you're listening to the Drew World Order of Wrestling podcasts and we had a pretty packed week of wrestling this past week you'll hear me talk about and give my reviews on raw smackdown nxt and aew dynamite like i always do but we also had nxt takeover 30 and the wwe draft and so there's a a lot to cover here um you'll hear what my favorite moment of the week was and what show that was on and you'll hear about what my least favorite moment of the week was and what show that was on. And uh, hopefully you enjoy uh, the DWO pod this week. Let's get started out with the Drews and Notes segment. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. We're starting this podcast out with the Drews and Notes section. Since our last podcast, we had NXT TakeOver 31 and the WWE Draft, so we will cover both of those in this segment, starting with TakeOver. Uh, It was uh, last Sunday, and it started out with the North American title. I thought this was a good opening match. It got a lot of time. Johnny Gargano, Johnny TakeOver, and Damian Priest put on a solid show. I think Priest winning was the right move. Johnny didn't need to win. Um, He's not hurt at all by the loss. And um, Damian Priest needs a little bit more of the momentum. And uh, the win, I think, just propels him even further. I really like his gear, too. Um, Oh, and I I also wanted to mention, um, before going on to the rest of the show, the... um, the Capital Wrestling Center, which uh, is named after uh, the Capital Wrestling promotion, I believe, what Vincent J. McMahon started, uh, which is Vince McMahon's father. And um, it's a throwback to that. It's the just like remodeled performance center, I believe, in Orlando, Florida. And that's where NXT is emanating from now. Um, this takeover show uh, was from there, and uh, the next... NXT show that we're going to be talking about later on in this podcast was from there. I liked the presentation. It um, was a nice scaled down version of the Thunderdome, basically. It was the NXT version of the Thunderdome. It still had the fans there, the virtual wall of fans, um, but no pyro or anything like that. The entranceway was pretty cool, a little bit different than what it looks like at Full Sail. So I really... uh, like the new look, and you gotta have something fresh um, every once in a while to just keep things moving, and I think this was a good change. Moving on to the next match, which was Kushida versus Velveteen Dream. I really liked Kushida um, attacking Velveteen Dream to start the match. Uh, Velveteen Dream came out in his entrance, and then once he was in the ring, Kushida attacked him. Kushida didn't get an entrance. Um... This was a really good uh, 
old-school philosophy type of match where uh, Kushida worked Dream's arm during the match, and this eventually led to the tapping of, of uh, Velveteen Dream to Kushida. I'm glad Kushida won, um, and then he furthered his bad guy status with beating up Dream after the match. This was some much-needed character development for Kushida. Kushida kind of just came in as another big-time indie superstar and um, didn't wasn't really given any sort of new character or anything like that. Um, he was just kind of like a good guy who can wrestle very well, but everybody can wrestle really well in NXT, so you need something more than that. And this is giving something more to Kushida, and I look forward to seeing what else Kushida does. The Cruiserweight title with Santos Escobar and Isaiah Swerve Scott was uh, was next. I was expecting a lot out of this match. Um, it was a solid match. I liked Santos Escobar retaining. I think that was the right decision. I wasn't super impressed by Swerve. I felt like I needed to be. Um, that's why I was a little disappointed. Um, somebody came in, like Adonis or something like that, came in and helped Swerve. I didn't know who that was. I'm not sure if I should know who that was. He had a uh, interview later on with Mackenzie, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know who that is. It kind of just seemed like a replica of Swerve, um, and it wasn't. I didn't. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Swerve's uh, character in general. That's why I, I, I wanted to see a little bit more evolution out of Swerve in this match. Um, kind of, you know, just a cocky cocky bad guy, or cocky good guy, I guess, in this case, a confident, you know, over-the-top, uh, cocky good guy, um, yeah, I mean, I don't have much more to say than that, um, but yeah, I like Santos Escobar, so I'm glad he retained the title. Speaking of titles, the women's title was, uh, between Candice LeRae and Io Shirai, I thought this was a pretty decent match. I liked Johnny Gargano coming in as the referee after the uh, ref was knocked out. I'm fine with EO retaining. I would have liked Candice winning more um, because I think Candice deserves it. Uh, not that EO doesn't deserve it, but I would have just liked the change of pace. I've been loving what the Garganos have been doing, um, and so giving them something else to uh, uh, hold on to, to hold over the roster's head, to prove that they're the best um, I would have went with. Um, but then they had the transition with Tony Storm coming up on the video board, saying she's coming to NXT. I'm excited for that. I know a little bit of Tony Storm's work, but I don't watch NXT UK, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what she does. And then Ember Moon returned as the mystery person, um, the one on the motorcycle with the green uh, night vision goggles, stuff like that, right? Uh, she came in, took off her helmet, and it was her. People were specula speculating it was either her or Bo Dallas. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Ember Moon. Never really was a huge fan of Ember Moon. But uh, I'll talk more about her um, later. She had a promo on... Uh, NXT, and, uh, well, you know what, I'll talk about it right now. I thought I thought she was good. It's a little bit more of a character development. Um, she wasn't really used all that great on the main roster. Kind of was just a good guy. Um, she is a spectacular finisher with the Eclipse off the top rope, the top rope stunner. But um, 
she w really wasn't given a lot of time on the mic, and as you know, I really like when people can talk on the mic. I think that's the best way to uh, uh, convey a story, and she did a good job on NXT this past week. Um, Showing her change. She's got new music that's probably has to do with the CFO's deal um, that's up or, you know, whatever they're doing because they're changing everybody's music now. Um, but, yeah, I, this was a good continuation for the women's title. Um, ended one story and then began another story with new people coming in to chase after EO. Uh, really good formatting there. The final match was the NXT title. Uh, it was Finn Balor versus um, Kyle O'Reilly. Both ended up bleeding from the mouth. The The match was good. It wasn't anything spectacular. I was expecting a little bit more out of it. They're both great wrestlers. And uh, I don't know. For some reason, I just was not invested in it. I'm glad Finn won. Um, he broke his jaw, apparently. Um, that was reported on NXT. Uh, fractured it, I guess I should say fractured it in, in two spots so he'll be out a little bit but they, it doesn't seem like they are changing the title or anything like that or doing a tournament so he'll be back uh, pretty soon and the show went off the air with Ridge Holland throwing Adam Cole over the barricade into the ringside area and then the Undisputed Era came around uh, Cole and um, were very concerned at you know what was going on so another cliffhanger here by uh, NXT with their top two titles, um, the women's title that just uh, match we just talked about, and then the NXT title had these cliffhangers to build to the next show, which is NXT, which is something that uh, wrestling should always do is build to the next show, because um, that's ultimately what you're trying to uh, get people to watch, and uh, it certainly made me want to watch NXT. Overall, the TakeOver 31 uh, pay-per-view was a fine show. I don't think it lived up to the other TakeOvers. It's felt like NXT has fallen off a little bit in the last few pay-per-views. Um, the last, oh, I don't know, five years or so, every single TakeOver has been uh, basically, you know, a really great show. And it's been like, oh, this is the best take takeover there's been. And then the next one would be like, oh, this is the best takeover there's been. And then the next one would happen. And the oh, this is the best takeover that's been. That hasn't been happening with the last few uh, takeovers for me. They've still been good shows. Um, they're just not living up to um, what, the, what they've previously done, at least in my opinion. But we're going to move on from... NXT and move on to the draft. Uh, I'm surprised that no NXT superstars are in the draft, or at least it doesn't seem like it. It just seems like Raw and SmackDown, um, which is still weird. NXT's the third brand, but they're still kind of like the little brother of the WWE. Um, and I think uh, NXT um, should have been involved in the draft. And their superstars should be involved in the draft. So we'll see with Raw um, coming up this week if any NXT superstars are moved anywhere. But it um, doesn't look like it. I'm just going to cover the people who are changing brands. A lot of people are staying the same brand, like Roman's staying on SmackDown, Drew McIntyre staying on Raw with their respective titles. Um, the, the biggest one to me is uh, Seth Rollins to SmackDown. Seth has never been on SmackDown. He's always been a Raw superstar. 
this was a pretty expected move by uh, a lot of people, especially um, um, people have been enjoying Seth's work recently, like I have. I, I figured that Seth was going to move to SmackDown. He's a very good character, really hitting a stride, doing great work. And um, SmackDown is the network television show on Fox that's going to get more viewers, and it does get more viewers. Um, I think it gets like 2 million viewers as to Raw's like 1 million or so. Um, and uh, you want to put the biggest stars in the biggest spotlight, and Seth is definitely one of the biggest stars on the show. Speaking of big stars, AJ Styles moving to Raw. It was interesting, a little bit earlier in this year, AJ was on Raw, and then he moved to SmackDown. He was traded to SmackDown um, for, like, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, I think, which Bobby Roode just showed up on Raw uh, recently. But AJ's now being moved back to Raw. Um, kind of weird, a little bit odd, but I, I understand the switch. You know, Seth's a big uh, change to SmackDown, so you got to do a big change to Raw. Naomi is going to Raw, um, so the Usos are on SmackDown, so I don't think they really are doing the, um, couples staying on the same brand anymore, like Bianca Belair going to SmackDown, um, I believe the Street Profits were, were they drafted, were they drafted to, uh, Raw, I'm not sure, they're the Raw Tag Team Champions, um, so Bianca Belair is moving to SmackDown, the Mysterios are moving to SmackDown, um, so their whole storyline with Seth Rollins is just moving to SmackDown, that soap opera that's going on. Um, that'll be interesting to see how that unfolds on SmackDown, because um, that's not super wrestling-based. I, I guess SmackDown's not as wrestling-based anymore, it's more the entertainment show. Usually Raw is the more entertainment-based show. Um, Miz and John Morrison are going to Raw. Um, so, uh, they're moving to Raw. I think that's a fine move. You know, nothing super spectacular. And, uh, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston are moving to Raw. I'm going to talk more about this move, uh, later on in the podcast. So, let's get on to our next segment so I can, uh, get on with that discussion of the new day. And, uh, we are going to cover the Drew Count. Has he got the fingers locked? No, he got out. I can't believe it. Nobody's ever kicked out of that. I'm changing the formatting up of the show this week to uh, go with the Drew count next because uh, I was just talking about the draft and how New Day um, was split up. Um, and so I, I might as well continue talking along uh, the lines of SmackDown here. I'm a little confused on the way this situation's unfolding. Um, and I'll talk even more about this uh, scenario later on in the podcast. But uh, my issue with the, the, the scenario is that uh, New Day won the tag team titles, and then they're drafted to Raw. Um, so maybe the Street Profits weren't drafted. Maybe the Street Profits were, will be drafted to SmackDown to, uh, on, on Raw this coming week. And they'll just kind of switch titles. I don't know. Or maybe they'll uni unify the titles. I think it would be a good idea to unify the titles. Um, both the women's division and the um, tag team titles. I think make just one show the s center stone for whatever uh, division it is. So, like, make Raw the 
excuse me, make Raw the tag team show and have one tag team title, uh, and make SmackDown the women's show and have one women's championship. Um, yeah, but anyway, the New Day winning this, the tag titles and then being drafted to the Raw, not really sure why. Um, I'm sure it'll be explained, at least I hope it will be explained, but, um, for right now, I don't like that decision. Of course, I like to have things unfold, uh, but yeah, it was, it's just weird. They won the titles and then they're, they're drafted, like, okay, <laughs> that's weird. Um, the, my other big, uh, issue with SmackDown was that the main selling point to watch the show was Sasha Banks and Bailey. At least it was uh, one of the, the main points to watch the show. This ended up being a short title match. It ended in a disqualification. It was like three minutes long. Not really great tactic, very sly advertising. Um, you get people to watch the show, and then you don't, um, you don't uh, fulfill that promise. Although... It was a bad guy tactic. Bailey ended the match early, so I think that's the point to get a little bit of bad guy uh, heat, as they would call it, a bad guy heat on uh, Bailey and uh, and the whole situation. But I just thought it was. I'm more mad at WWE. Like it was sly advertising. You, uh, um, <laughs> it's false advertising. You uh, promoted something and then didn't uh, follow through on it. Let's go to uh, NXT, because um, for NXT and um, AEW, I don't have too much to talk about during this uh, segment, but I do have a lot to talk about for Raw, um, so we'll finish up with Raw. Um, NXT-wise, they had the prime target thing. Um, this is just filler to me. Again, it was an epilogue for the NXT title match between Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor. It's really just replay a lot of filler. It did give some useful information, though, um, that uh, Finn Balor broke his jaw, so he's going to be out for a little. Um, so nothing too terrible here with NXT. Going to AEW, um, the TNT title match was a big uh, advertised match. Cody Rhodes versus Brody Lee. Um, there were some weird, uh, well, not some weird things, but things I just didn't like. Um, they went to commercial. And then Cody Rhodes and Brody Lee uh, went through a table during commercial, like in the pitcher-in-pitcher. Pitcher. Um, to me, that's more of a, a moment to do when there's uh, the live audience on the show. And maybe, you know, that was the point of it, to keep people watching over commercial. But to be honest, I don't really watch the pitcher-in-pitcher pitcher over commercial because usually nothing good happens. It's just, you know, a bunch of... Stuff that's pretty meaningless because I know the end of the match isn't going to happen. And I, I tend to just want to see what the end of the match was or is and uh, re what the result of the match is. Uh, so I kind of just like wait and wait and wait until that happens. It's, it's got to be either great wrestling or terrible wrestling for me to actually invest in it. Because I've seen so much wrestling at this point. Um, Cody won the TNT title. I'm not sure I understand why. I thought Brody Lee was the perfect candidate to hold the TNT title for long, and he really didn't. He held it for like a month or so. Um, Orange Cassidy came out to um, basically challenge Cody Rhodes, so maybe it's gonna Cody's gonna be a transition champion, and Orange Cassidy's gonna win the title. Which, if that's the case, then uh, then you know uh, 
I get it. You know, Brody Lee losing Orange Cassidy, not super realistic because uh, Brody's huge. Um, but Orange beating Cody uh, makes sense because Orange has been on a roll. He just beat uh, Jericho at uh, All Out. Um, so if this is a transition champion, that then that would make sense. So this is another one, just like on SmackDown. We gotta wait to see what happens here. Um, but Raw, here's a lot to talk about with Raw. Randy did this long monologue to start out the show. It was like five minutes long in the Legends Lounge. Legends Lounge. It was boring. <laughs> it was. It was boring until Drew McIntyre came in and attacked him. And I was like, thank you. Uh, at least something happened. I honestly thought that uh, <laughs> the, the, the segment was just going to end with Randy staring into the camera. And I was going to be like, wow, that was a bad way to start the show. Um, speaking of starting the show, wrestling-wise... There were two mag tag matches to start the sh to start the show that ended in pretty much the same exact knee strike. So um, it was Mandy and Asuka and Dana Brooke versus Lena Vega, Natalia, and Lana. Um, Mandy Rose uh, hit a knee uh, uh, to Lana and won the match, and then the very next match was also a tag match. It was Seth Rollins and Murphy who beat Dominic Mysterio and Umberto Carrillo. And um, uh, Buddy Murphy hit a running knee um, on Carrillo to win the match. It looked pretty much the same exact thing. And it's just like, eh, maybe that wasn't the best writing or um, communication on what, what the finishes were going to be. Um, and another weird situation on Raw, there's, there were two people on the clock story. So the Hurt Business offered, uh, Ricochet and, um, not Cedric Alexander, he's already in the Hurt Business. Ricochet and Apollo and Ali to join the Hurt Business and said, you know, they have then till the end of the night. Then there was also the Seth, Mur uh, Seth, Seth Murphy, the Seth Rollins and Murphy, apology uh time time frame where seth gave murphy an ultimatum to apologize um but uh yeah two 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 scenarios where the similar uh finishes and then two scenarios where there was this pretty much the same exact story so <laughs> not sure what was going on with the uh writing here and some else that seemed off with probably the writing, I'm guessing it was the writing or the formatting or, or reformatting of the show. The Hurt Business had an entrance during the show, and it was very weird. Their music played, but it took, like, Shelton Benjamin a, a, a good minute to come out. And then he was just standing on the ramp, like, looking like a buffoon. And then Lashley came out, like, 30 seconds to a minute after that. So then Lashley and... Shelton walked down to the ring, and as they're getting in the ring, you see MVP also getting in the ring. Um, but he didn't walk down the aisle with them. So, it was just bizarre. I think there's some formatting or something changed, because, uh, you know, they do tons of rewrites, uh, even during the show sometimes, so maybe that's what happened. Um, Ticky-tacky thing here, the announce table was destroyed early in the show, um, 
by Nia Jax, um, and she uh, did a Samoan drop to Lana on the announce table, and then the announce table is back up later. <laughs> so, um, you know, no continuity there. Like, it just popped up. Um, there were a lot of tag matches on Raw. Five of the seven matches were tag matches. That is too much to me. Um, Raw, uh, I think the max amount of matches they, uh, matches they should have are, um, nine, like just three per hour. Um, so there were seven matches and five of the seven were tag matches. That's too much. That is a very AEW thing to do. Uh, the way too much, uh, tag matches, uh, kind of just seemed like people were put on the show to be put on the show. Um, and then the last thing, my biggest issue with Raw was that the Retribution reveal didn't end the show. It totally should have ended the show. Um, with, with, you know, who the leader was and what happened. Um, I really liked what happened in that. So maybe this is a good point to uh, move into the What Drew Money segment. But, um, yeah, Retribution and what happened with Retribution, um, with their leader being revealed, it didn't end the show. And I thought it should have... Um, but we'll talk more about Retribution in just a moment here um, as we cover the moments that I did enjoy in this show and uh, the shows in this week of wrestling in the What Drew Money segment. just talking about Retribution and Monday Night Raw and the Drew Count, so I'm going to continue talking about them in this What Drew Money segment because I really liked Ali being revealed as the leader of Retribution. This is a good change for him. Maybe the SmackDown hacker situation will be tied in and it'll all make sense or WWE will make sense of that because it seemed like Ali was the SmackDown hacker, but then they just dropped that story and then uh, Retribution started happening a little bit later on. This is a good move, though. Ali's been a bad, uh, hasn't been a bad guy yet in WWE. He's always just been like a very clean-cut good guy. So him leading Retribution is great. He uh, had a lot of momentum behind him last year, and then he got hurt. He wasn't. Uh, he got hurt, which ended up leading to Kofi Mania. And he kind of got overshadowed, and then he was in the Money in the Bank ladder match, which he was just about to win to grab the briefcase, and Brock Lesnar came down and ended up knocking him off the ladder and winning the match. So he's got a gripe with WWE. Makes all the sense in the world. I'm glad it's somebody newer like him and it's not The Miz. Because um, uh, there was a lot of rumors that The Miz was going to be the leader of Retribution. Um, but Ali being the leader makes more sense. And uh, I've always enjoyed Ali. He's great in the ring. I thought he's been pretty good on the mic too. I'm excited to hear what he has to say on this coming uh, uh, this coming uh, week of Raw. Um, the Firefly Funhouse was on Raw, which it usually isn't. Um, that was enjoyable. 
Um, and in both of these scenarios, uh, I like the surprise of it because I wasn't expecting it. More so the Ali. I, I was not expecting Mustafa Ali to be the leader of Retribution because he's always just been that good guy. So I think it's going to really work out well for, for Ali. Um, and Bray being on, I always love the Funhouse. Um, it's something that's uh, unique and different presentation-wise from anything else on WWE. So, uh, you know, continuing to, to use that as a momentum or as a, a way to tell a story um, I think is, is very effective. Um, so, you know, I think Bray's supposed to be on Raw again this week. Um, so there you go. Two things uh, I'm interested in seeing um, this coming week on Raw uh, from what happened last week on Raw. Something we won't be seeing on Raw. Well, we will be seeing Seth Mur uh, Seth Rollins on Raw. We probably will be seeing Murphy on Raw as well. Um, but Seth was drafted to SmackDown, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast. We don't know where Murphy's going just yet. So maybe this is the end of Seth and Murphy. But I really liked the their story development Um on the this past Raw. Um, they had a match. They beat the Mysterios, but there was clear dissension. Um, Seth basically said like he didn't need Murphy, and then Murphy ends up winning the match. Um, then they... Uh, um, then Murphy... Uh, I believe they came out later on, a little, just like shortly after that. Um, and Murphy said, uh, you know, Seth should apologize to... Um, to, uh, um, to Aaliyah Mysterio, and Rollins, Rollins is like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. Then they went backstage, and, uh, Rollins confronted Murphy, and said he's got until 10 p.m. to apologize to him, um, so Murphy has, uh, uh, about an hour to apologize to Seth, and I mentioned this in the, the Drew count. I didn't like this uh, another on the clock scenario, but they did it for the Seth and Murphy storyline, um, and this led to um, Murphy and Rollins having another another in ring um, another another in ring um, uh, confrontation um, at the ten o'clock hour. Um, Murphy ends up beating up Rollins and beats him up with a kendo stick and then he shows some empathy and uh, Rollins uses that empathy to turn it on him and Rollins starts beating up Murphy and then Aaliyah came down and protected Murphy and uh, Seth uh, stopped uh, stopped his attacking of Murphy and went on his merry way uh, to backstage and uh, I really liked this story with... Uh, Seth and Murphy and Aaliyah. It's a good twist on what's been happening with the Mysterios. I mean, Seth and the Mysterios, they've been feuding since, like, I don't know, May? Since after WrestleMania. Um, so at least this is keeping it fresh. And you always want to keep it fresh in wrestling. I'll quickly move to AEW here because AEW didn't really have too much um, that I liked. I enjoyed the congratulation videos to Jericho uh, throughout the show. Um, usually this type of thing I say is filler and I don't like, but I like seeing all of his celebrity friends 
um, giving him props. This whole show was built around Jericho and the 30-year anniversary of Jericho starting wrestling. And uh, at the end, I really liked the credits uh, <laughs> Jericho did everything. He was like executive producer and all the cameramen and uh, the director and he was he was everything. You'll see it in the picture uh, that I post uh, for for this uh, this week's podcast. But that that was really funny. Everything else there wasn't really all that uh, all that uh, great of stuff that was happening. But over on to the competitor on NXT on Wednesday nights, there was a decent amount of good stuff. Um, there was good storytelling and seed planning with Indy Hartwell and the Garganos. I didn't even notice that she was helping in the battle royal that LeRae won to become number one contender for Io Shirai's NXT uh, women's title a couple of weeks ago. This is an intriguing story. I'm not really sure where it's going. I don't know if it was done on purpose and or if they just kind of like put it together like this in, in the last couple of weeks. Um, but it's great. This is very interesting. Johnny and Candice continue to be the most interesting thing on NXT, and they're adapting now because they're not in title pictures anywhere, and they are uh, moving on to whatever this story is with Indy Hartwell, and, you know, this gives Indy Hartwell a, a, a new stepping stone to become a bigger star and a bigger spotlight for her, so it's building a star, too. And that's uh, something that's essential in wrestling. You always have to build new stars. The other situation that I really liked on NXT was uh, whatever's going on with Zia Lee. Um, two weeks in a row, she's had this character development after oh, being on NXT for a while and not really doing much. Zia Lee pushed back against um, Kaden Carter and uh, Casey Cantanzaro last week. And then this week she loses and then receives a letter from Boa. We haven't seen Boa a lot, but they're both um, Chinese uh, superstars. And uh, Boa looked real good in this too, so there's something going on. Um, I don't know what's going on, but I really like it. And this is good character development, building another star for the women's division. So not only um, do they have Tony Storm and Ember Moon coming into NXT, they're building Xia Li. Um, EO is a good champion. Of course, they got Candice. They've got uh, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and uh, Rhea Ripley and what, what's going on with them. And uh, so there's multiple stories going on in NXT with women involved. Or on the other shows, there's really not any other storylines other than the primary women's title match storyline. I mean, there's the women's tag title storyline, but... You know, there's like three stories going on for um, women on NXT, and there's three stories in total going on in, on SmackDown and uh, Raw for women. And, and we're, we might as well uh, move to SmackDown since I just mentioned it. Lars Sullivan is back. This was super surprising. So th this week had some good surprises in WWE. Um, as soon as his music hit with the uh, piano uh, little riff, I knew it was Lars, uh, very recognizable. And he hasn't been on in over a year, has to be. Um, he had some issues, I think, with anxiety. And uh, uh, he just uh, still looks imposing as ever. Looks like the monster that he's meant to be. And uh, he is... Uh, Somebody who's uh, pretty intriguing on NXT. 
he wasn't all that great. He just destroyed guys. Uh, that's what uh, he's going to do here on SmackDown. But I think he's a good uh, a SmackDown Raw WWE um, character. Because, uh, you know, Vince McMahon loves those type of guys. I, I wouldn't uh, be surprised if he gets drafted to Raw. I think Raw would be a good spot to move him and put him on Raw Underground so he can dominate guys. Kind of kind of like Dabakato, kind of like Braun Strowman. Um, I, I'm expecting Braun to be moved to Raw um, as well um, on this coming uh, week's Raw. Um because I think he's in uh, this coming week's Raw draft pool. The whole draft pool thing is a little confusing to me. Like, only certain superstars are in the draft pool for one night, and others are <laughs> in the next night. I don't know. But speaking of the draft, the New Day was moved. Uh, they were split apart, and I actually really, really like this. Um, I've been pretty tired of the New Day's act. I'm glad Big E was getting his uh, singles run. Um... When it was uh, uh, Kofi um, and just Big E, and then Kofi went out with an injury, and I don't know if he actually had an injury or not, um, I thought it was a good refresher for the New Day. Um, and then as soon as uh, Big E uh, won his match against Sheamus this week, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston showed up, and immediately I was just reminded of how much I think their act is, uh, is, is tired, and, and, um, you know, I was entertained by it for a long time, but now it's just all the same hokey, corny stuff, and it's like, you know, I, I, I need a change of pace here, and hopefully this is the change of pace that is much needed, because Kofi and, uh, Woods were drafted to Raw, as I previously mentioned, and Big E was drafted to SmackDown. I, I really like this. I think it was much needed. I don't know if they actually knew or if they were just doing a great job of acting on SmackDown um, <laughs> that they're being broken up. I, you know, I, I don't think they they want to be broken up. And uh, you know, they have a podcast, so it'll be interesting to see if they're what, what, they, what WWE does with their podcasts if they're not together. Um, and if they disband that, but, uh, I don't know, I guess that's, a uh, semantics. I, I really enjoy New Day splitting up, and I think it's a good evolution that was much needed. Just like the evolution of this show going on right now, there's a much needed change, and we gotta go to the Redrew. In this Redrew segment, I give my overall ratings and impressions of the shows this week in wrestling, but I don't do star rating or number rating or grade letters or anything like that. No thumbs up, thumbs down, nothing. Nothing like that. I do my own special rating. I was just talking about SmackDown, and uh, SmackDown had one bad surprise with uh, the New Day returning that I'm uh, tired of, um, and one good surprise with Lars Sullivan returning. It was a decent show overall. Nothing super captivating. Um, it ended with Alexa Bliss and The Fiend together on the stage, but they didn't really have much interaction, um, and I've been really enjoying that storyline, um, but nothing too much was developed there. 
Um, so I am giving SmackDown the rating of uh, yin and yang. So, you know, there was some something was really, really great and something was not so great and everything was really else. Uh, it was all in the middle. As for um, Monday Night Raw, uh, most of it really wasn't that great to watch. Some parts were good. Um, you know, Seth Murphy's story was good. Uh, Ali re- uh, leading Retribution were the best parts for Raw. Um, so I'm giving Raw the rating of a spotty signal because that's really what it was. It was good in some parts, and uh, I have an antenna. Um, so I use the antenna to get local channels, and uh, sometimes the local channels, it's all scrambled, and you, you can't really see anything and watch anything, but uh, other times it's really, really good signal, and everything comes through clearly. That's what uh, this Raw was for me. The Seth and Murphy storyline came through clearly. The Ali storyline came through clearly, but a lot of the other stuff was fuzzy to me with, you know, Randy's boring monologue, the formatting with uh, too many tag matches, the the weird um, writing with uh, two tag matches ending uh, in a row with the same knee strike and, and two on-the-clock stories and the Hurt Business entrance being weird um, and just the, the formatting with Retribution, um, a really good part of the show, Retribution not ending the show. Um, so it was a spotty, a spotty signal show. Moving to NXT, this was a noticeably balanced show. It was a fair amount of entertainment segments with videos and packages um, and promos and uh, wrestling. Um, usually it's a very wrestling-based show, which doesn't captivate me all that much. Now, because it was noticeably balanced, I'm giving NXT this week the rating of a teeter-totter because, you know, that's what a teeter-totter, that's what you do on a teeter-totter. You try to balance. Um, and then going to AEW Dynamite. Um, so this Wednesday, I was uh, watching playoff baseball. I'm a Yankees fan, so I was watching the Yankees and Rays. Unfortunately, the Yankees lost the series. Um, so I had... Uh, um, I had AEW on while I watched the Yankees. Uh, I have two TVs. I have one TV. I have a big TV that I watched the Yankees on, and the small TV I was putting uh, um, AEW on just to keep tabs. And uh, AEW was really overshadowed this week, so that's why I, that that's the rating I'm giving AEW is overshadowed. Nothing really kept me. Um, nothing really kept my attention from the other entertainment that was on. And uh, if you're writing a compelling enough show, compelling enough stories, my uh, my attention is going to be drawn, and my engagement is going to be drawn to that show, regardless. And uh, it wasn't for AEW, so um, AEW was uh, overshadowed. Really, not too great of a week in wrestling. Um, probably the best show was NXT. Um, it was the most balanced show. Everything else is. You know, had some good parts, had some uh, not-so-good parts. Um, favorite moment of the week? I, I'm i going to have to say it's Ali being the leader of Retribution. Um, least favorite moment of the week? I don't know. There was a lot of stuff. Um, least favorite moment of the week is going to be... Um, 
we'll go with the Cody Rhodes, Brody Lee uh, match, winning the TNT title. Not sure where that's going. I don't know, but uh, yeah, those are my uh, highlights of the show. Usually, I don't do highlights. Maybe I'll maybe I'll add that to a part of this segment, uh, the highlights of the shows. But um, yeah, that's about it for this show. I am gonna get moving on, and uh, I uh, hope you uh, enjoyed uh, this week's podcast. If you wanna reach out to me and interact, you can do that on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. At DWOPod is my handle. If you're more old school and want to see, send, a, send an email, you can uh, send an email to DWOPod at gmail.com. So everything is DWOPod for handles. Um, if you please spread the word, just tell a friend. Um, if they like wrestling and you like the show, uh, hey, you, uh, you might like the show too. Tell them to... Just search Drew World Order Podcast. We're on all podcasting platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever uh, podcasts are, you'll most likely be able to find us. If you want to further support the show, you can click on the support link in our uh, uh, on the uh, anchor page for the Drew World Order Podcast or on the Perfect Catch Podcast SoundCloud page. Um, and anything you put there will be put right back into the podcast's as I said, I hope you enjoyed this week of wrestling. I hope you enjoyed um, this podcast. Hopefully we have a good uh, week of wrestling coming up uh, this week. Um, a better week of wrestling than we did last week uh, as we move into the middle of October. It's getting colder where I am, so starting to bundle up. Hopefully you are continuing to take care of yourself and uh, washing your hands and social distancing and uh, did I say wear your mask? Wear your mask. Do whatever you gotta do to uh, keep yourself and others safe and uh, uh, we just gotta continue to uh, keep pushing on and doing what we need to do and uh, using this wrestling as a, a great escape for us to get away from all of that uh, stuff that's going on in our world right now. And, uh, I hope this was an escape for you. Uh, it was for me and, uh, I'm going to get going. I hope your listening experience was Drew. Sweet.